Welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, coming to you from Vero Beach, Florida, and Marion, Massachusetts. Hosted by Ed Chenefee, this is the podcast that researches and investigates the club management and facilities side of our business. Hello, and welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. I'm Ed Chenefee, and I'm your host. And each week, it's a special privilege to bring you the news and the views from the country club, tennis, and fitness industries right here on our podcast. This week, I'm joined by two amazing women who I discovered on Instagram, that platform that seems no longer to be about artsy photos, but more a social meeting place. We called them up to see if, as examples of club players and also playing at recreational facilities, what we might, as a consulting team, glean from these women who had us reeling from their reels here in the office. How can we bring what they find on the courts day to day to clubs that we manage and work with here at Beyond the Baselines? Kate Cole, who is Tennis Cocktails and Motherhood on Insta, as the kids call it, and Laura Fox, better known on the social platform as The Tennis Fox, have both brought their accomplishments, their fears, and their love of tennis and fitness to their followers, who are in the thousands. Laura discusses how ladies' teams can be a social meeting place or a dire place of loneliness, and why she has moved to Instagram to use as her 19th hole in order to vent her frustrations with her game and her matches. Are team members at clubs or recreational parks more likely to come to practice? And post-match, who are the better teammates? What works better, pre-paying for the season for uniforms and practices and getting a sense of commitment from each team member, or simply paying as you go and each week seeing who might drop in and be added to the team? Kate Cole, a service mom, comes to tennis having been a highly ranked junior player back in her childhood. She's been moving around the country a lot, but is presently in Boston and has found a great club at which to play. But alas, she'll be moving again. And as she follows her husband, who's in the Navy, how can she keep her game tip-top? It's not that easy finding places to play and groups to compete with, given her travel schedule. Both women are known as influencers on the Instagram platform, and Laura takes us through how her outfits have not only gained her kudos with her followers and her players, but with leading tennis clothing brands as well. Kate mentions that her posts are really meant just to inspire other folks to gain more time in their lives for fitness and just get out there and be healthy. These two women bring what we might forget as servicers to the industries of tennis, fitness, and clubs. The reality that our players, our members, and our clients have real-life goals and desires and fears, and they bring them to our courts, our gyms, and our clubs every day. Now, without any further ado, on the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, here are the Instagram tennis insurgents, Laura Fox and Kate Cole. Today, I'm, I'm joined by two wonderful ladies who I found on Instagram, uh, the social media platform where uh, Kate Cole, who's Tennis Cocktails and Motherhood on Instagram, and Laura Fox, who's the Tennis Fox on Instagram, uh, have the fans reeling literally from their reels. So uh, what I want to do is introduce both of them. Uh, Laura, welcome from Charlotte, and Kate, welcome from Boston, and uh, Laura, Please tell us, you know, how did you start? When did you start playing tennis and how did you come into putting your tennis fears and loves on Instagram? Um, well, I started tennis um, in my late 30s. My kids were uh, one was in elementary school. The others had started preschool and um, I just wanted something active to do. I honestly it was just random that I decided tennis. I'm not an athletic person at all. Um <laughs> at all but my husband plays golf and I guess he had mentioned something about maybe joining a country club so I thought well let me see about tennis took a couple lessons and just you know loved it met the girls had a great time he 
the pro that I worked with um, at the club that we wound up joining, I mean, he quickly put me into the fire, threw me on a team like after only maybe a couple months of lessons, right? And so I had to learn to swim right away. And it, it was great. It was perfect. It's exactly what I needed. <clears throat> um, you know, it wound up being a great thing for to keep me active, but also um, meeting other people that, you know, my circle before that was always the preschool moms, right? You do the play dates. And so everything centered around the children. Now it became something a little bit more than that, which is what I really, <clears throat> I think, connected with the mothers. We were on a different level. Sure, we talked about our kids too, but it became more about who you are as a person, kind of like, you know, being something other than a mother, which was really great at that time in my life. It really came at a, a wonderful time for me. And obviously I was bitten by the bug. I mean, um, you know, once you start tennis, you really can't stop. <laughs> you just fall in love with it. So I've been playing ever since. I think it's probably been about seven, at least seven years now since I started playing tennis. That's great. And Kate, what about you? Um, so I'm a little bit different than Laura, but um, I mean, I started earlier than Laura. I started playing when I was about three or four. My parents were into tennis, so I would go out on the court with them a lot, started just, you know, getting the balls for them. And then then I started playing. And then I didn't really get into it until middle school. And I, mean, I played throughout, you know, the, you know, when I was five and up. But um, I, didn't, I didn't really start getting into it until I was about, um, I would say, like, I was about 11 or 12. And then I started playing the junior tournaments and all of that. And then um, played in high school. And then during high school, I kind of got to a point where I didn't love it as much. I kind of tennis can be such a lonely sport out there, or at least playing singles. So there was a time where I just wasn't into it, but then I got back into it in college and now, and then had kids and didn't play for years. Now I'm slowly getting back into it. I wish I were playing as much as Laura. I mean, honestly, I've only done recently, like a couple, like just clinics, basically, I would love to be on a team, but with my kids are young. So I can't really commit to a team at the moment, but hopefully when they start like kindergarten or when my youngest starts kindergarten, hopefully then I can really get serious about it again. Cause it is such a great sport. And socially I miss, you know, connecting with other moms like Laura. It's so great that you have that, you know, that group of women that don't want to just talk about the kids stuff. Cause it, I mean, I love my kids, but it gets, it gets, yeah, a little, you know, tedious and tiring talking about mom life stuff all the time. Right. It's just, it's a nice outlet outside family life. Right. But yes. what I found too, is the relationships I have built through tennis with these mothers. Um, it, it becomes very deep friendships actually. Right. Like we're there for each other outside of tennis. So if, if, you know, we've got meal trains going on for families that need, you know, have had losses recently or something like that. And so it's been, I mean, it's really been a great thing all around socially, physically, mentally. Right. And then of course you get that challenge. Um, <clears throat> because what I found was after leaving the workforce and being at home, you no longer get the same kind of accolades that you did at work, right? Like you, mm -hmm. And when you're at work, you know, okay, I've got these goals, I'm going to achieve these goals, and you feel good, right? You're climbing up the ranks. When you go to motherhood, you don't, we're not going to see the fruits of our labor for years to come. You kind of feel that way, right? And so with tennis, I mean, it maybe sounds cheesy, but I began to feel like, okay, I can set new, I'm setting goals for myself in tennis 
similar to what I would have done maybe in the working world. So I'm starting to see achievements in the work that I'm putting into it. So it is kind of as, I mean, I, that probably sounds really cheesy, but for me, I, I realized immediately, oh my gosh, this is something I have been missing, right? Um, seeing the fruits of my labor per se. So, but yeah, so, I, but you, your background, you've been playing tennis for a while and girl, that forehand is so wicked. And I've seen her video, she's got a video posted where she's hitting and she hits like Nadal, like her form is... I've never seen someone hit like you before, uh, like a woman hit like you before. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm very rusty. Let me ask you this. So, so, uh, Kate, what are you like a four Oh four five and Laura, what I'm level like, are you? I would say I'm like a, I'm like a rusty four Oh four five. I would say at this point, I mean, my serve has been so off lately. That's what's definitely like, if I were to join a team, I would definitely want to be like a three, five, four Oh, just because my serve, I just cannot, there's something up with my serve. Every time I serve, it's just, yeah, not good lately, but welcome, I used to, to be the, able to serve. Welcome to the crowd, right? My service yes, yes. departs at the worst times. Yes. And Laura, what level are you, Laura? Well, I can happily say today, after the new rankings, I'm finally a three five. I mean, I have been struggling mm-hmm. to get there, and finally, yep. I'm I'm there. So. That, that's your new. So you just re- reached your uh, motherhood business goal. There you yeah. go, three five. <laughs> well, right? After seven years, it took a long Perfect. time. That USDA <laughs> ranking is, uh, you know, some of my friends we joke that it's like the mafia. Like we, it has no rhyme or reason. Sometimes why people are ranked certain ways. Yeah. So you know, and I was happy as a three zero, but after few years you feel like uh maybe three five is a good solid like player now (laughs) great and 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 kate you know you you bring up you guys what's interesting about you both is that laura you're in charlotte which is a warmer climate kate obviously you're there in boston where it's going to start snowing if it hasn't already and uh thank god i escaped in about october 1st but let me ask you kate first indoors is there a facility do you play indoors and how do you view that obviously you have to work around motherhood and cocktails and tennis how do you view the indoor season up there and and are you going to participate in that at all and and how does that work for you yeah I mean I did find a club so we moved here last or this past May so we're only here for a year so everything's very temporary but um I did finally found one club every other club I contacted around here had a waiting list I mean I guess and it seems like at least in the summer when we first moved here, there are so many new players, like in like 30s and 40s starting to play tennis, I guess, after COVID, which is right. great. It's great for the sport. But there so I would go to different clinics and it would be a lot of beginners. So then so I finally found a good club in Dedham, which is anyway, uh, 10 minutes away. Um, and so I do play there just in clinics. I did not join the team just with like time time constraints this year, but I hope to hopefully next year, wherever we go next um, you know, join a club. Cause here I just haven't had the best luck with finding a, finding no. a good club with good competitive players, I guess is what I should say. So, no. um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I should know this, but you said, wherever you go next, is your husband getting transferred? We, is he in the services or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. He's in the Navy. So we are waiting to hear where we go next. We should hear hopefully in the next week, I'm ready to know where we go, but, um, but so we're just waiting to hear. Have racket. We'll travel. There you go. Yes. Um, <laughs> Well, thank him for his service. Thank him for his service. Yes. And uh, Laura, for you uh, in Charlotte, it, you can probably play outside year round, right? Yeah, I'm very yeah. fortunate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That makes uh, a big difference. Maybe like a month or two out of the year that it gets a little bit like rainy or and frozen. But, um, you know, because the courts will stay frozen for a while if it gets too cold. 
Now, yeah. do you play normally, ladies, uh, in the summer? Obviously, Kate, you've just moved there in May. But in the summer, is it a clay court experience for you both? I, I prefer clay. Um, we, you know, I'll, I play hard courts too, but I prefer the clay. And you too, Kate, in the summer? Uh, yeah, and down in Virginia, it was always clay courts. Here, it is all, it's just been hard courts. Yeah, and I prefer yeah. the clay. It's just more fun. I, yeah, I prefer the clay definitely in the summer months. And I prefer playing outside than playing inside. I don't know. Playing inside is just so, it's just different for me. So, or it's different for everyone. But yeah, I much prefer to be outside. Some people really like playing indoor courts. I I struggle with it. I'll be honest. You know, getting used to the lighting and then looking up when you're serving kind of thing. Yeah. My knees prefer the clay. That's for sure. I'll I'll put it that way. (laughs) My back. Uh, Yeah, back too. Yeah. I'd like to welcome our first sponsor here at BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, and that's Play by Court, PlayByCourt.com. Choosing the right technology partner is not an easy task. However, staying with the same outdated provider can be a costly decision. And with today's fast-changing environment, well, you need a partner that will help you adapt to the ever-growing needs of your members. At Play by Court, well, they provide the best technology solution customized for your club with their app. Your members can easily manage their profile. They, they can book courts, programs, lessons. They can pay. I asked Andre, show me the payment solutions. It's fantastic. And your members can communicate directly with members and you, the staff. So please go have a look at playbycourt.com and see what really matters most to your members. Your club, your rules, your software. Playbycourt.com. Here's a question for you, Kate, is you did the junior tournaments. Now, you know, my daughter is is uh, is a budding player. She's, she's doing a lot of tournaments. She's got a national ranking in the 12s. She's in 12 and unders. Um, and she's struggling. And, and this is what's this is a dichotomy here, because Laura just said how wonderful it is for you two to find a social niche through tennis. But when you're doing the tournaments, this is where I think we lose a lot of people, uh, mm-hmm. kids is it's you're solo, you're by yourself. It's not a team sport. And my daughter is very social and she's having trouble making friends. She can't understand why she goes out and the woman she's playing, the girl, I can say girl because she's 12, is is saying mine every time she wins a point and you know, yelling at her about bad calls. And it's tough on the junior, it's tough on the junior ranks. And yet now as moms, you're finding out how importantly uh, social this sport is. And I think we might lose that with our kids at the young age that yours are, Kate, what are you finding? Um, I mean, I could, I so relate to your daughter way back. I know it was a while ago for me, but I mean, oh my gosh, I remember it was just being so lonely and it was so competitive and you're out there and it's just, and you can't talk to anyone, you know, it's not like you could talk to you on a, you know, on a changeover or anything like that. It is so lonely. And then you meet so many root. I mean, I hate to say that, but you do, you do come across a lot of, and this was, you know, 20 years or 15 years ago, I came across a ton of just like rude kids that would do anything to win and challenging the calls way back when in a junior 12s, you know, I mean, it was like a 12s tournament and it, but yeah, so I remember, I, and that's why I stopped playing for a while. Cause it just was, it was like, why am I doing this to myself? I would kind of dread the weekends because we'd be driving somewhere else in new England to another mat, you know, another tournament. And, um, and so that's part of why I, I stopped playing for a while. So it's great. I, I, but I hope to be able to get to Laura to where Laura is at. And, and have it be a social thing. Cause for me, it has never been, I, I mean, other than playing on a club team in college, besides that, it has never been a social sport. And I, I'm pretty, I like to be social. So, so I hope to at some point get to where, um, where Laura is uh, with a good, you know, with a good team that supports each other and they can go out and have fun and not just talk about tennis as well. 
now yeah. now laura on on the competitive side you're playing on ladies teams uh it does it ever get ugly i mean i mean obviously you're social you met your team but do you get into you know the argy bargy with the uh, the other teams uh, obviously you meet a few people that <laughs> can be challenging on the court but i think the community as a whole and you can see even on instagram <clears throat> we most I, I just feel like most people i come in contact with are good people they're out there to have fun be be a competitive too but um <clears throat> it's a very small amount of people that can be ugly on the court right but those are the people too that stick in your head that's where a lot of the reels come from right like you know <clears throat> the bad line calls and that kind of thing this the the stuff that we have to deal with that it can be you have to make it funny otherwise it's you're not going to enjoy it right so um but yeah but i i think that for the most part most of the people that i've played tennis against and with are just incredibly pleasant people i don't know i mean what's your experience what what do you think i mean you're at the club level all the time i've seen it both sides i've seen I've seen it both sides. I've seen in South Florida, uh, you know, the Boca Raton down to Miami. It's very competitive, you know, and it gets it gets somewhat ugly is the word to use. Um, I think up in New England, it's not quite as competitive, but uh, I know the DBH. I've, I've worked with clubs on the DBH side and, you know, it's very competitive for team placements. And people have this idea of how well they play. Yeah. Yes. And there's all kinds of. Um, you know, I, I helped a club up there in Weston, Mass, uh, deal with how to choose their seven or six or seven women's teams with with uh, selectors who are anonymous and then captains voting and, and that kind of thing. So it, it does get it does get, you know, a little bit of the nitty gritty there in, in even in New England. But South Florida, very competitive. But I think, you know, if you if you find your team cohesive that's an important social aspect that then you're playing a team sport rather than as what Kate uh, realized when she was 12 is you're playing a solo sport. And that's, that's the big difference. And it can be, it can be a little bit catty for sure. And, and, and also I think different, cause I've now been at two different clubs, one club, it, like you said, it's very competitive. What team am I going to be on next season? Am I going to get moved up? Um, but for the most part, the girls are still very friendly and get along, but yeah, you're right. Like, and then at the other club with that one other club that I've been to, it's more like, it's almost like everyone just kind of wants to stay together. So they don't even care. Like even the girls who are really good and could move up in team, they just, the competitiveness isn't really there. They just want to be friends and hang out. It's hard. Like I'm actually at a point right now trying to find a club where there's like a perfect balance. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find that, but it's like, I'd love to find a place where I can continue to grow as a player, be competitive, but still also have, you know, those friendships and that team camaraderie. And yeah. So, but I understand what you're saying about the whole Boca area and that kind of thing. Cause I'm in a big city too. I mean, you got to think Metro we're in the Metro league in USDA. And a lot of these teams are all about stacking, going to state, going to nationals, that kind of thing. So it's very yep. competitive here in Charlotte for sure. Yeah. So, Kate, my business beyond the baselines is, is really looks at departments, tennis departments, pickleball, racket departments, clubs was when you grew up and now are, are like our clubs, do you see them as the focal point of tennis or do you see it? I mean, obviously no. you're on the move a lot. So you actually probably go to the parks and recs departments and 
and stuff yeah. like that. So is that difficult for you to find a, a um, you know, so it's, an outlet? Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, down in Virginia, I had a very tough time finding a place, but I think it was also where we were located. If we were closer to Virginia beach, there's a lot more tennis. I learned after living there for like seven years, but anyway, so I did finally find a club with good clay courts, but, but it seems like nowadays it is like there's pickleball, like the, the club I'm a part of here in, um, wherever we live, um, Boston, it, um, it has, it's an athletic club. I honestly, and I drove by it for months. I didn't even know they had indoor tennis courts there because it says, Dedham Athletic Club. So I'm thinking there's no tennis courts. Meanwhile, they have 10 tennis courts there that I never even knew about. So it's just, um, it's very different. I mean, it, it's great though, that there are so many new players that are starting to play. So hopefully it'll, I mean, I don't know. And I'm, I don't mean to sound like tennis is dying out, but it does seem like, like a lot more people, a lot of like the older population, the aging population is going to play pickleball instead of tennis. It, I mean, or at least from like a lot of retirement communities around here and all, or at least down in Virginia, pickleball is like the new, the new tenant or a new like paddle, I guess. And then when I was younger, it was paddle tennis was the big thing. I don't even yeah. know if that's still a, I don't know oh. if that's still a thing anymore. No, nope. yeah. Yep. Oh, paddles, okay. paddles popular. Yep. Paddle tennis, okay. platform tennis. Yeah. And then there's this okay. new sport called Padel, which is actually gaining a lot of traction down here in Florida and okay. in the international, uh, more international feel cities. It's, it's okay. gaining a lot of, cause it's a yeah. European game. Pickleball. Like that was my initial impression too. Cause we went to like Hilton head and I took a clinic with my mother-in-law and I felt like it was that kind of thing too, like for maybe the older population, but oh my gosh. So like I follow pickleball people on Instagram. Some of them follow me. They, it is a professional sport and it's not just for the old population. I mean, they are, I see some crazy stuff in those matches. It's insane. It's very impressive. And then I tried to play over Thanksgiving and I could barely hit the ball. I don't know what it was, but it was, I'm like, what's going on? Sort of racket. Yes. It's so, it's so different. I find pickleball. I played a couple of times and I have, I have the toughest time with the timing of it. It's so similar to tennis, but different. It, anyway, I have a very tough time playing pickleball. Laura, let me ask you a question about your team experience, because this is a national question. Now, do you have a do you have team practices with a pro for your club? And B, do you prepay or do you pay by this session or do you? Oh, OK. Yeah. These so are the I, big questions I, that I, pros ask I, me every day. I've done both. OK. Both. So OK. In the I OK, so we were members at a country club and then we became members at something it more of like a community center. Um so at the country club, oh my gosh, that was a, I'll be honest with you, the one I prefer is where we're at right now, because at the community center, you pay up front when you join the team, you pay up front for the clinics. So it's, so it's a financial commitment. Right. And it's, I mean, it's like, it's less than $200 for, you know, whatever the sessions are. I think like eight, at least eight clinics, right? And then you clinic once a week before your match with your team. There's, you have three courts. So there's 12 girls on the team. You get three courts with three pros. You rotate. I mean, that's the way I'm doing it now. And it's great. It actually, like, everyone's there. Everyone comes to clinics. Before at the club level, the country club, it's like every week, who's going to come to clinic? And you pay if you go. And so the commitment isn't there. And so you might go and only have four people. You might have six, you might have 10. And you see like the higher up you go in your ranking, the less people show up for clinic at the club level. 
But that is, I will say, and even at the club level, I'm still great friends with a lot of those girls. They would prefer it to be the way it is at the community center where I'm at, you know, get the upfront fee. Everyone's committed to all eight clinics. I mean, so just FYI to you. <laughs> I no, think no, that's, that's a great viewpoint. And, and that's such an important question. And there's, there's ramifications too, because in a, on a team such as that, you know, if, a lot of times some pros will say, hey, if you don't come to practice, you can't play the next week. Now, I, I don't like that one either because that's kind of holding the member over uh, practice for, for participating in a team. But when you do the prepay, everybody's in, everybody's equal. And then, you know, you're, you're all there usually because you've already prepaid. And if you don't show up, I mean, you've paid, right? You paid. I, don't, I don't think you can do that where you say you can't play in the next match if you don't show up. I think because as a member, I'm already paying a lot of money to be a member at the club. So if a pro were to tell me you got to sit out next week because you didn't show up, I think that wouldn't go over very well. <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't heard. Well, I have heard that. And I have heard in the industry in the past that they'll, they'll, they'll pick first the people that show up. So there is some of that. You know, some well, of these directors. True. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these directors are, you know, hell bent on keeping the revenues up. So you have to, you know, understand that that can happen. And, 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 and as you're experiencing, which is fantastic, you've gone out, Laura, and, and experienced two different facilities with two different total different ethoses, environments, and, and theories as to how ladies teams should be run. Now, what do you, I mean, obviously you guys are on Instagram and you guys crack me up. The reels make me laugh. Uh, Laura, your reels and Kate, your reels are so just funny. so funny. And okay. Yours are, you know, sometimes in fitness related too. Um, yeah. But you guys are becoming influencers. And I mean, I was just looking at your followers, uh, Laura, you have 1,380 followers and uh, Kate, you have 1,634. I'm struggling with 450. You're getting very popular. And what about uniforms? Has anyone ever come to you and said, hey, would you put a uniform on so that you can influence other clubs to buy Sophie Bella uniforms or whatever the, the lucky in love? Has that has that happened to you yet? It hasn't happened to me yet. I just did. I mean, I don't really think of myself as an influencer. I kind of just created this. You know how Laura was saying to start off, like being lost in the mom motherhood stuff. I created it just to have something to focus, give me kind of a focus. That's terrible to admit. But um, this year, especially because it's just a weird year, we're only here for a year. It kind of, and I've just been able to connect with other moms and other people interested in tennis and fitness. But, um, but so I haven't gotten anything like that. Laura probably has though. Laura? Well, I mean, I've, I've been approached by certain brands um, and I've negotiated with some big brands and it didn't turn out the way I wanted it. <laughs> but I, uh, so, but to me, that's not really so much what it is either, because going back to the country club situation, one of the things I was missing now that I'm at the community center type place is that after play banter, right? Like when you're at a club setting, you, you hang out afterwards, you have lunch, you talk about the match. That doesn't happen at the community center. It's kind of like you go and play and you leave. And so I kind of started, I, I started Instagram, um, but for another reason, but part of the reason was, I really wanted a community to go to, to talk about what happens after matches, what happens during that, you know, and, and it really has become that. And that is what I'm super proud of. I love, I love the conversations that I'm getting in the comments, but also people DMing me about, you know, 
they want to share their matches with me or they want to ask me about, you know, new moms getting into what racket should I get? Or I have moms messaging me about, do you like this tennis skirt <laughs> or, or tagging me in other feeds about tennis outfits and stuff. So I've really enjoyed that making friendships through it and bringing together a community of people. So that has been, that's been great. But as far as the influence side, I would say that that is part of the reason. Okay. So before I started Instagram, I was kind of known in our community for my tennis outfits. So people, I mean, it's, I, this is what I'll say. And you, so you're influencing before becoming an influencer. Well, but I, to say. Um, I think a lot of us do that on a small scale, right. Without knowing, I think the thing was that our tennis shops around here, they really don't carry a lot of the outfits. They carry a very small selection. And so when I would show up on the court with something that was not out there, the moms would be like, or the, the tennis players would be like, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? And when I told them where, they still struggled with finding it on their own. So a lot of them wound up saying to me, can you take me shopping? Let's go find, <laughs> or can you text me next time you buy an outfit, text me and tell me what you got. So originally I started the page kind of for my friends because it got to be a lot of work texting individuals. Like I became almost like a personal shopper without being paid <laughs> and it was a lot of work. And so I was like, okay guys, here you go. Instagram. I had no, never been on Instagram before, but I was like, I'm going to put it on Instagram. I'm going to tell you where to get it, go there. And then it just kind of grew from there. And then I don't know why one day I did one of those reels and it like people Ooh. loved it and they started asking for it. And so now, now it's become a lot of those funny little, audio clips and that kind of thing. Uh, but it, I, I just, I love it. I have enjoyed Instagram over the past few months that I've been doing it. And like I said, getting to know people and talking about tennis and then even like on the court, like I said, it's tennis, but then you find you have a lot more in common other than tennis. And that is what has happened through Instagram, which I'm sure you guys have found too, right? Like it starts off with this one interest that you have in common. And then you find out once you start talking to these people, like you have a lot of other common interests with them, which is just, and you form friendships and it's been, it's been a great experience. I've really enjoyed it. Kate, your Instagram's uh, just as popular. And I'll be honest, you, 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 you mix it up a lot with the fitness and the tennis and the motherhood uh, and the cocktails. Um, <laughs> how much time Kate, and th th this is what I struggle with. Like I did a really the other week uh, doing a Woody Allen joke. Right. And you have to mouth the, you have to get the timing right. And you know, you have to get the look right into the camera. How much time Kate, do you spend doing a reel? I mean, is it, oh does it come naturally and do you do it like first take? I don't know. I am terrible. I mean, Laura is so good with the reels. I am not good at the reels. I'm good at like posting, oh, I did this fitness, uh, you know, I went for a run or whatever. Not that it's that big a deal, but I hope it motivates other people to go out for a run that day, let's say. But yeah, I mean, it is time consuming. There are definitely like when I first, when I first started this account, I like back in, I don't know, September or whenever it was, I was spending way too much time on it. I'm like, cause you get kind of, or I got all kind of, I got all consumed by it. And I'm like, okay. So now I just do it. Okay. I really have like scales back and just do it occasionally. I wish I were, I have no idea how to add in the voice like you guys do. I have no idea how to do that, but, um, but hopefully I'll learn at some point when I, I don't know, have time to sit down and figure it out, but it's definitely, I mean, Instagram is great, but I do, but it is so easy to just like, you could waste a whole hour just scrolling through other people's things. And there goes a whole hour of your day. 
So I love it. It's fun. But um, but I definitely have to watch how much time I spend on it. Yeah, you do. I, I actually handed off some of my Instagram reels to um, someone I worked with in London back when I was doing advertising and marketing and they're kind of artistic and good at this stuff. I was like, I can't, it's taking so much time. And, and, and social media, you know, it's free, but it's not free in terms of time. So that's what you have to keep thinking about. back to you professional tennis and it, it, it's back how post-covid you know we had we had the, the u.s open this year it was great do you guys do you ladies follow the tennis the pro tennis do you can you know do you know you know what's going on on the pro tours obviously we know what's going on with china uh, just announcing you know wta just announced china is not going to be uh, acceptable i mean we, we're not going to have any tournaments in china with the wta uh do you follow professional tennis laura and do you keep up with it daily weekly what, what's your take on that yeah. Okay. So I do follow professional tennis and I started following it after once I got into tennis because I felt like maybe I could pick up some tips. And then I'm, I'm going to be honest with you though, what is surprising, a lot of my friends and people I play tennis with do not watch professional sports. And that is why also the whole outfit thing is that's why they don't know what's new with the tennis outfits. And that's why when I show up to the court, I'm watching tennis because I like tennis, but I know that the top tournaments, the top four is when the new outfits hit the market. Right. And so I'm all over it. They don't watch it. They do not watch it. So that's why they're surprised when I show up in an outfit they've never seen before, but it's because a lot of people at the club level playing tennis, they do not watch professional tennis. In my experience, that's what I found. I, I do think, um, honestly, now that I have my page, my Instagram page, a lot of them are following me and they've started watching more of the tournaments. I, um, I, I don't know why that is all of a sudden, but I, I mean, maybe tennis is on their brain, but even my husband said to me, he's like, he has some friends following my page. They've never played tennis or watched tennis before. And now all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I'm watching tennis just because I'm following your wife's page and I love it. And now I think I want to go play, you know? So it's, it's fun to watch. It's addictive. And, uh, but yeah, you're right. A lot of club level players do not watch tennis. I feel Kate, like. Kate, what about you? Do you, do you follow the pro tour? I, mean, I, you, I used to religiously. I mean, I, yeah, when I was growing up, I did a lot lately. I have no, I do not. I mean, a little bit here and there, but like if you were to, you know, I mean, I know, I know a lot of the players. I mean, I've heard of most of the players, but I, I mean, no, I do not. I mean, I wish I watched more. I don't really have an excuse as to why I haven't watched it, but I just haven't. You got, young, you got young kids. That's a good excuse. Yeah, they don't they watch take tennis. a lot of time. I wish my mom made, used to make me watch tennis though. You know, I wasn't watching Mickey Mouse clubhouse and everything. I had, she had to, I had to suffer through tennis. So I got to, started up with them, but, um, but definitely all the outfits, that's what made me want to start playing tennis. You know, when I was four was or four and up was, or was that I wanted to wear the outfits. So that's what started it for me was that, I mean, tennis clothes are, they're fun to wear. So, you know, speaking of that, um, you know, my daughter didn't, now she's 12, almost 13. So she's getting to that point where fashion is becoming important. So, uh, all of a sudden she's watching tennis and she's watching men's and women's play. And I think it's partly, as you say, both of you say, it's a, somewhat about the fashion and about the, the outfits. 
And obviously you you both are proving that. Have you watched the movie King Richard yet? Have you seen that movie yet? I've seen it like four times. <laughs> it's only been out a few. <laughs> wow. But yeah, uh, it, it, it goes there. And, you know, sur- you realize how smart, first of all, Richard Williams was. But then you also realize how smart Serena and Venus are and, and how they have, you know, used their their phenomenal play levels to actually propel them into fashion. Absolutely. And and the most interesting part of that movie to me was Richard Williams first condemnation, really, of what I think it was Reebok was going to offer. They said this is a one night offer. And no, King, Nike, Nike, Nike. Was it Nike? Sorry. Yeah. It was Nike. And they said, you know, yeah, go ahead. Now you've seen it four times. I've only seen it once. So um, I don't know the whole story, but I, I was unaware of that situation that he banked so highly on his daughter Venus playing so well against the number one player in the world the next day that he denied, he denied taking the offer. He decided not to take the offer and they make that offer for, you know, before the match, he, the results would never uh, affect that contract. So obviously he, 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 he won that bet. Do you, do you think that people coming up, is this one way we're going to grow the tennis for the next 20 to 30 years is through, I hate to say this, but through fashion and through Instagram and through social media and, and these kinds of avenues? I mean, I probably, I would, I mean, I think it makes sense nowadays where every, you know, where kids are so into what they wear more so I think than when we were younger. Um, so yeah, and I definitely think so. Like with Instagram, it'll be, a, you know, all, every kid now has a cell phone at, I don't know how old I'm guessing probably 10 or 11. They probably have a phone or maybe young. I don't know, but, um, but, but so yeah, I definitely think that it'll, that Instagram and all of that will have a big impact on the sport of tennis. What do you, about, what about you, Laura? I, I think what I would like to see is I, a lot of these brands put, a lot into the mm-hmm. professional players, but like we've discussed those of us at normal people at club level, a lot of them don't watch the pro tour. So they don't see the outfits, right? I would, when it comes to Instagram, I've seen influencers on my feed um, in a tennis outfit. And then I go to their page. They don't even know how to hold a racket. <laughs> they don't play tennis. And so these brands are paying them to wear the outfit and post it on their feed, but they're not even tennis people. I think they're reaching the wrong market. What I would like to see is these brands that are geared towards tennis actually reach out to tennis people, (laughs) normal tennis people on Instagram to show their product, to be honest with you. I mean, have you seen that? I I just feel like... I've been really shocked sometimes because I also follow like some of the hashtags for tennis and I'll come across someone and I was, I'm like, who is this? This person doesn't look like they play tennis. Their racket, they're holding it like, (laughs) and so I click on it. I see that then what their caption is, I don't really play tennis, but check out this outfit at Mm so-and-so like they're getting paid to do that. I'm not really, that's, I don't know. I don't think that's good marketing. I'd like to see some of these tennis brands actually market to their audience, you know, and they need to realize also that it's not just like you've said, Ed, professional sports. Yes. They put their gear on them. They hope it's seen, but it needs to be seen elsewhere because a lot of people who actually buy tennis clothing are not watching the tournaments, obviously. Right. Like, so find some other avenues in my opinion. 
You know what I find interesting? I did a little research because I knew we would talk about this. So I have I follow, you know, uh, Simona Halep. Right. And I follow Serena and I follow Venus. Um, but there's a lot of pros. and I won't mention their names that don't. I mean, and I'm talking female pros that I'm surprised by the pictures they put up on Instagram. And I'm sure you've seen it. It's like them vacationing in Dubai or them vacationing in Hong Kong. And whereas Simona's page is very professional. It, it's, it's familial. It's it's it. She look, you know, you can tell that she's a serious tennis player. Um, but I'm surprised by some of the pros and, and the males too. the, the men pros I, I follow. Some of them come up with some wacky and weird postings. And I, 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 it surprises me and it gets me a bit nervous as to what they're trying to portray of a pro tour of themselves as a playing pro. I just, sometimes I get nervous. Have you found that too, Kate? Yeah. I mean, it's well, tennis used to be just such an, I mean, a nice, like I would think of it kind of like an innocent sport, like where you had to be quiet during the match, you know, they just like, can't think of the right word to use, but nowadays it is just so flashy and whose skirt is the shortest and all of that. We're back, you know, when I was first started, I mean, I guess maybe a little bit, a little bit longer ago than that, but yeah, I mean, I wish it would get more to like the, you know, like the classic tennis, like way back when again, which I guess it won't, it's just the way our society is. But I mean, tennis used to be like such a nice sport. Like you'd go to a match and it, you would go and it wouldn't be like crazy chanting or anything like that. Not that it's like that nowadays, but it is like at the junior, you know, even in, even when I was in high school, like some of the matches like would get rowdy with the other team and it just shouldn't be like that. Like it should be in, you know, a nice, a nice sport. Not, it's etiquette. not like you're out on the football team. On a, the etiquette know. of the game. It's, yes. it's important. You know, it is important. Yes. And um, I, I agree with you, Laura, when you go and uh, play a match and you're playing against another club, does your captain ever say, hey, we've got to go out and win this and, uh, you know, no holes barred. Actually, normally I'm the captain. <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, we, no, I've never really had that kind of pressure. I don't feel like. That's I, good. I think a lot of, I think we all put enough pressure on ourselves. We don't, you don't need someone else putting the pressure on you. I think we all go out there with pressure a little bit, even though it's for fun, you want to win. You want to win, right? It's the pressure that messes up my surf. I'll tell you that, you know, <laughs> ball tosses all over the place. Well, I'll give you, I, 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 I try to listen to my own teaching, which is hold the ball like an ice cream cone. So that you take the wrist out of it when you, you know, like yes. this way, you want to hold it this way. Um, issue too. I got you. And I'm, I'm just, there like, you go. Yeah. So my final question to both of you is where do you see yourselves as influencers on Instagram, but also as tennis players in the next, you know, and you said it earlier, Laura, you set goals for yourself uh, as, as a as a mom and as a business person and as a tennis player. Where are your goals going forward, Kate? I know it's a little more difficult for you to answer, but I'll let you go first uh, because you don't know where you're going to be next year. Um, but where what are your goals in tennis and where do you see your tennis taking you in the next three to five years? Yeah, I mean, my goals would, I mean, Laura's giving me hope because honestly, part of what has made me not want to get back into the tennis thing and join the team is because I feel like it will be very catty and the pressure on my, like if I'm playing doubles with someone, I don't want to let them down. If I'm, you know, if I throw a, if I serve terribly one, you know, one, one game, but so I hope to actually actually get out there, play USTA. I'm guessing it would be USTA tournaments or maybe a club. I guess they have different clubs that would play other clubs. Um, but hopefully I would get back to playing like, you know, USTA, like be on a USTA team and do it that way. 
that's my, that is my goal. And then hopefully with Instagram, I hope to just motivate other people to, you know, get fit and hope, and I try and incorporate as much tennis as I can. Cause I, I mean, tennis, I love running and all of that, but tennis is my passion. I mean, I love the sport. So, um, so my goal is just to hopefully motivate others to take care of themselves and exercise, especially like other, you know, mom, like other moms, when you're not working, like Laura was saying, it is kind of this, it's like a lonely existence and, um, and sometimes just, you know, reaching out through social media nowadays is, can help them, um, just, you know, better themselves, better themselves. Great. And, and you, Laura? No, I just achieved my height. I'm three, five. I'm loving life right now. <laughs> it's taken me seven years to get here. And I'm almost, I mean, oh, I don't even want to say my age, but I'm getting older. Let's just say that. So I, I, I could maybe go up to four O, but I don't know my age level. That's going to happen. It's a big reach. It's a big reach. So, you know, with tennis, obviously it's just continuously just trying to get better. You know, this, I mean, you think you've got a great forehand, but there's always a way to tweak it and make it better. Right. Or your back end, anything you can tweak and make better. So there's always something to work on with tennis. And I think that's why a lot of us are drawn towards that. We want to better ourselves and that's how we do it. Um, as far as Instagram. Yeah. I mean, Kate, I mean, I just love this community. You and I didn't know each other. And somehow <laughs> now we're friends. My, my husband is on, um, I mean, he's on like an old website chat thing with a chat board with sports. And he is actually like made such good friends. They've met when he travels, they meet each other. They become really good friends. They support each other when someone's going through cancer or a lost spouse or anything like that. And I just kind of feel like Instagram has kind of become that. Like I have enjoyed meeting people and getting to know them. I love hearing about their experience and getting to know people. So, I mean, Instagram for me really is not really about influencing. Like if I influence, great, love that. But it really is more about the friendships I'm making and the connections, right? Like, don't you feel that? Which is what tennis actually was about in hindsight, right? (laughs) Yeah. It was when it first started, yep. Yep. Hey, ladies, I, I have to say thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure getting to know you uh, through Instagram and on here. Just to, to, for our followers, for our listeners, it's Laura Fox, and she is the Tennis Fox on Instagram. And it's Kate Cole, and she is Tennis Cocktails and Motherhood on Instagram. Two fabulous pages there. I highly advise you guys to follow these two women because their journey through our sport is going to be incredible to watch over the next three to five years thank you ladies so much for being on the podcast and look forward to having you back again seeing where you are in a couple years thank you thank you thanks thank you again you've been listening to the beyond the baselines.com podcast i'm ed shanafee and i really just want to say thank you thank you to the listeners you helped us make it through 2021 it's been a tough year but here we are we made it and it's because of you we have almost 10,000 of you for each episode Either way, I want to remind you that our offices will be closed between Christmas and New Year's, but we'll be ready, raring, ready to rock and roll into 2022 early on to help you, your club, or your facility in any way we can to make it best in class. Please give us a call anytime, 508-538-1288. But until then, thanks for listening. See you again soon.